Hello, my name is Adam, and welcome to Halt the Stigma, where my goal is to reduce the stigma of veteran PTSD in the community and within ourselves so that veterans can get the help that they need and deserve. If you or someone you know is having thoughts of suicide or harming themselves, please contact the crisis hotline number at 988 or text 838-255 where professionals are standing by 24 hours a day, seven days a week to help you. What's up, everyone? In this episode today, I'm going to be talking all about trauma, what it is and the different types that exist, how it affects our brains and central nervous system, and how all of that translate into the symptoms and mental health issues we experience relating to PTSD. I'm also going to be discussing how healing is not a passive process, and we have to take an active role in our own personal healing if we are to make any meaningful changes. So trauma, what is it? Well, it can be defined a couple different ways. It can be a physical injury, which can be anything from a scrape to losing a limb or suffering a traumatic brain injury. It can also be a deeply distressing or disturbing experience, experiences like those often encountered in war and during combat. With this type of trauma, it's broken down into three more types, acute, chronic, and complex traumas. I'll get into those in a bit. Now with physical trauma, it's typically easy to see the quote unquote injury to know how it got there and how to treat it. But when it comes to a deeply distressing or disturbing experience, it's not so easy to see the injury. The trauma we experience in war becomes deeply imprinted into our psyche because those experiences can be frightening, dangerous, and oftentimes they're life-threatening. Sometimes the emotional or psychological trauma that's experienced correlates to a terrible injury such as losing a limb and suffering burns. Trauma changes the way our brain processes information in stressful or traumatic situations, and that can often change how we react to normal stresses we experience in day-to-day -day life. Now, I mentioned earlier that there are three types of trauma I'd go further into. The first is acute trauma, which can result from a single event or incident. Outside of combat, this could be a car crash, an assault or attack of any type on your personal safety, or any type of incident where you may feel frightened or your life is threatened. In combat, you may not see this type of trauma exclusively because being in and around combat is extraordinarily stressful and traumatic even without any single incident occurring. What many experience in combat would correlate more to the next type of trauma, chronic. Chronic trauma is repeated and prolonged, much like what is experienced in combat. There isn't just one event that affects us, but instead experiencing months and months of constant stress from either being on high alert or being hypervigilant, experiencing multiple traumatic events, and being under the constant fear of injury or death. The final type of trauma is complex trauma. This type of trauma leans into more specific areas including abuse or neglect, domestic violence, torture or kidnapping, and even being a prisoner of war. I can't discuss further on those topics as I personally have not been affected by those types of incidents, nor am I an expert in dealing with those types of trauma. I intend to speak more specifically about combat-related trauma on this podcast. So we've gone over a little bit about the types of trauma we can experience. 
Now I want to dive a little deeper into exactly how this trauma can affect the brain, not only physiologically, but also emotionally and psychologically. For years following my return home from war, I couldn't shake the thoughts and feelings of my experiences out there. The trauma had imprinted itself onto me and acted as if it was a part of my DNA now. I constantly felt like I was still there, on high alert and reminding myself of where the exits are located and paying extra attention to particular people I deemed suspicious. Not because they had done anything wrong or looked a certain way, but simply because they were present. Many times, there were no triggering factors that brought about these thoughts. They were just there, as clear as day, all the time. I'd be sitting in a restaurant or just hanging out with my friends, and in the middle of conversation, be thinking about these awful, horrific experiences, completely disconnected from what was happening right in front of me. I had a very difficult time connecting with people, because my mind was never truly invested in anything I was doing. I also wasn't trusting of other people and fearful of letting people get close to me emotionally. My mind lived in that country, lived with those experiences every single day. It's as if I knew no other life but what my mind was choosing to show me. I lived inside my head, which when you're struggling with traumatic experiences is not a good place to be. It's dark and hopeless, devoid of any feeling except anger, guilt, and sadness. Those thoughts consumed me to the point that when I finally started taking steps to get treatment, I was fearful I'd be losing a big part of myself, even if it was a bad part. None of this was rational. It took a lot of time, and with help, I began to discover that these thoughts were there for a reason, and I'm not the only one dealing with something like this. This was all related to trauma. Our brains aren't wired to deal with these types of disturbing and distressing experiences, especially over long periods of time. Our brains don't know how to process these experiences, so it becomes rewired and its chemistry changes and begins to function differently. Trauma interferes with the regions of the brain that govern our fear and stress responses, regulate our emotions, and the skills that relate to our capacity to plan ahead, display self-control, and stay focused. Our memories are encoded into our brain differently during traumatic events. Whatever the brain was more focused on during the event is more likely to be remembered than the more peripheral details, which is why those who suffer traumatic events often have poor recall of certain details, but also very vivid and detailed recollections of others. Brain imaging studies have been conducted of those who have experienced traumatic events versus those who have not, and they show that certain areas of the brain are physiologically affected long-term during traumatic events. These regions control our fight-or-flight response, how we process memories and emotions, and our complex thinking processes. Trauma turns all of that on its head and twists it into something far different. So how does all of this relate to PTSD? Well, 
Post-traumatic stress disorder occurs when we have difficulty recovering from those traumatic events. It's our body's reaction to our brain not being able to process that trauma. These difficulties manifest into the signs and symptoms we commonly see in people who have PTSD. These include having flashbacks, avoiding certain places or situations, and having intense emotional responses to reminders or triggers of the traumatic events. They can also include hypervigilance, restlessness and irritability, and panic attacks. You could also suffer from depression and mood changes and experience chronic stress that eventually negatively affects your health by raising cortisol levels in your body and causing physical changes. Your interpersonal relationships may suffer, and you may become disassociated from people and develop impaired attachment behaviors. PTSD can impair your ability to learn, as well as your memory and focus. These can all eventually lead to making poor lifestyle decisions, like abusing drugs or alcohol, neglecting your personal health, safety, and hygiene, or treating others poorly. You could become angry and spiteful towards the world and the people in it. Ultimately, you may turn to thoughts of hurting yourself or suicidal ideation. The chemical and psychological changes that occur in our brain alter our behaviors, almost always in negative ways. I personally struggled with every single one of these symptoms and thoughts at some point, and it took over my life. It felt overwhelming. The severity in which we experience these symptoms differs from person to person, but regardless of severity, it can be life-altering. I personally didn't struggle with all of these symptoms and thoughts all at once. It's like a roller coaster of feelings and emotions, often experiencing certain ones more intensely than others at different points in my life. It could be different each day, not knowing how I was going to feel. This would lead to me experiencing even more stress every day. I used to think that maybe over time this would all just go away, but it doesn't. As I said before, the severity in which we experience these symptoms can change, but ultimately it stays with us unless we do something to treat it. So how do we heal? Where do we even begin to tackle what may seem like an insurmountable task? Healing from trauma doesn't occur passively. Let me say that again. Healing from trauma does not occur passively. Time is not enough, and we can't just simply get past it or get over it. Trauma keeps score, and the scars and injuries we endure all fester and rot into far deeper issues over time. Trauma is invisible because it exists in our brains, but it can manifest physically within our health and appearance, but also within our behaviors. I was recently watching a documentary called Full Circle on Netflix, and it's about this guy who was paralyzed after a snowboarding accident and how he healed and became an adaptive skier. His psychologist in the hospital during the time that he was healing and rehabbing, his name is Lester Butt had this to say about trauma, and I quote, Trauma is a change, just as life is change. And if you don't evolve with that change, you become stagnant and you become static. That resonates with me so much because it is absolutely true. I became stuck in how I was thinking, how I approached my life, and I wasn't working towards making any significant change within myself. 
You have to take on an active role in healing by making changes in your life and actively seeking out treatment to make a real difference. I remained static for years, hoping that change would occur on its own, when really I was falling deeper into my symptoms and my thoughts. It wasn't until I made the decision within myself that I sought out treatment. I had to make the decision to call the VA. I had to make the decision to drive to all of those appointments with my therapist and be brutally honest with her about how I was feeling. I made the choice to take my medication once it was prescribed. I made the choice to use the tools I was given in everyday life so I could work through all of my symptoms. I made the choice to work on my breathing exercises to calm my anxiety. I made the choice to learn how to throw out my intrusive thoughts and replace them with more positive ones. I made the choice to wake up every single day and work hard to make sure that PTSD, that the traumas I experienced were no longer going to control my life. I make those choices to this day and it takes a lot of work, but it's work worth doing if it gives me the opportunity to live a better, healthier life. I used to be afraid that I would never know what joy and happiness felt like again, but treatment gave that back to me and it's not perfect, but it's better and no one did it for me. I did all of this with the encouragement and support of my family, especially my wife, Kelsey. She saved me, but not by doing all this for me, but by encouraging me to do this for myself. It took a long time, but I eventually learned that you can't heal from trauma on your own. Whether it's your family or friends or fellow veterans or seeking treatment through the VA or resources in your community, you have to utilize the support and assistance that's available to you. We're all different, and the healing journey is both difficult and complex. There's no one-stop solution to getting through it all. Sometimes society, hell, even our own family and friends, can view veterans with PTSD as crazy or prone to violence, but that's simply not true. That's a stigma we have to fight back against strongly because it's that stigma that I believe holds veterans back from getting the help they need and deserve. I myself struggled with worrying about how people would see me if I was honest about what I was going through. And that's not an empty concern. When I first started getting treatment for PTSD, I decided to explain this to my boss at the time as I needed time off and a change to my schedule for my appointments. I simply explained to her that I had PTSD from being in combat during the Iraq war. I felt that she treated me and saw me differently after that. But I didn't let it stop me from being honest and getting help. We can't allow how others may feel about us keep us from feeling better and living our lives. We have to have each other's backs and support each other so more veterans will seek out treatment. Well, that's it for this episode. I just want to say thanks so much for listening, and I really hope this podcast is resonating with people out there. I'm not an expert or a professional on any of these topics. I'm just a somewhat normal guy who saw and experienced some really awful shit, and I had to learn how to deal with that. I know there are so many other veterans out there who feel the same way, and all I want is for those who need it to get help and support. I want each and every veteran out there who's struggling to know that they are not alone. 
that there is a path to a better life, one with happiness and joy and hope. We don't have to accept the status quo. We don't have to carry our traumas around with us all the time, allowing it to weigh us down. We can lift those traumas from ourselves and feel lighter, calmer, and healthier. Please, if you know anyone that could benefit from listening to this podcast, please share it with them. It's available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me at halttestigma at gmail.com. Again, thank you so very much, and I'll catch you next time on Halt the Stigma.